Welcome to Coffee Talk with Linda. I'm Linda Davis. Thank you for joining me today. A little bit about myself before we get started. I love Jesus. I love coffee. And I love sharing both. So go grab your cup and let's talk. have to ask you this morning, what do you see? We have to see as God sees. You've heard me say, if you've listened to me at all, the phrase, God, show me the truth of this situation. What that's really saying is help me to see this as you see this. Help me to see beyond my natural circumstances. Literally, give me the eye of God so I can see like you see it, Lord. If we can't see it like God sees it, then we'll never receive it like God intended it to be. That right there is really good, and I don't want you to miss that. If we can't see it like God sees it, then we can't receive it like God intended. That's powerful. We have to understand there's so many scriptures about seeing, you know, we know uh, I has not seen, um, 1 Corinthians chapter 2, verse 9. But God is showing us. I has not seen, but God is trying to show us. It has to revert back to Revelation 4 once yet again. Come up here and I will show you those things that are going to take place. Because you don't see it in the natural realm right now. Come up here. So get more intimate with me. Come closer to me so I can show you what you need to see. So you can understand what you need to understand. So you can pursue what you need to pursue. Do you see what I see? The Lord is asking, right? It goes on to say, ear has not heard, but God is speaking to us. The word says ear has not heard. I'm saying God is speaking to us. Again, in Revelation, threaded all through the book, is he who has an ear to hear, let him hear what the spirit of the Lord is saying. That 1 Corinthians chapter 2, verse 9 goes on to say, nor has it entered into the heart of man what God has in store for us what he has prepared for us. We can't understand. We hasn't, we, it hasn't entered into our heart because we haven't seen it yet, right? In um, Ephesians, if you want to jump over there with me real quick, in Ephesians chapter 1, I think it's verse 7. No, it's a little further than 7 because it's when Paul starts praying. So he starts praying in verse 16. So it's verse 18, by having the eyes of your heart flooded with light so that you can know and understand the hope to which he has called you. We have to see through our heart's eyes, his light. Then we begin to know and understand. It all is birthed and it starts with seeing. Have you ever experienced blurry vision in any capacity? It's just not the same. I mean, we get one speck in our eye, or if you wear contacts, you get one speck in your contact. I mean, it's miserable. 
your vision is so impaired, or you get smudges on your glasses. Your vision is impaired. Like I wear contacts. And so when I'm walking around the house, I don't really notice whether I have my contacts in or not because they're for distance. I can look around the living room and the kitchen. I can read just fine. So I'm going about my morning and I don't really know that I don't have my contacts in. But the minute I go to walk out the door and there's a greater necessity of vision, Right away, I notice I can't see. Oh my gosh, I forgot to put my contact in. If I'm already in the car, I've got to turn around and get back to the house because it's vital for me to see clearly while I'm driving around. It's just as vital for us in the spirit to see clearly while we're navigating what God has for us to navigate. It's so important. What do we see? God wants to show us the deep things. He wants to reveal his secrets to us. We have to see it as he sees it. So I pray often, and I would encourage you to pray this. Increase my seeing. Increase my knowing, Lord. Open the eyes of my heart, Lord. I want to see everything and everyone, actually, as you see them in every circumstance. Let's not react out of the place of the heart of yesterday in today's circumstance. We've actually rejected relationships that in today, we didn't see what God wanted us to see in that relationship. We were going on yesterday's relationship. We didn't see what God was doing. We responded from our physical heart, our natural eyes, our human understanding. Instead of saying, Lord, my inner eyes need to know. Your inner eyes are just as important as your two physical eyes. Open my eyes, Lord, to see what Holy Spirit is showing me each day, moving in it each day, never thinking that we know, never reacting. Instead of stepping back and responding, he wants to show us. He wants us to see with greater clarity. Psalm 34, 8, boy, that hits two of the senses right there. Our physical senses and our, nat- our, our natural physical senses line up with some spiritual senses. You know, we, what, we have our sight, we have our taste, we have our touch, we have our smell, and we have our hearing in the natural. Psalm 34, 8 hits our taste and our sight in one verse, taste and See that the Lord is good. (laughs) Wow. There is a time to taste and at the same time to see that the Lord is good in what's going on right now, regardless of what's swarming around us, regardless of the yeah buts, regardless of the I can't believe. Maybe, you know, I say this all the time. We've got to look at self. We've got to look in the mirror. Where am I missing it? A presumption, myself included, a presumption everyone makes is to find the fault of the other person. They did something wrong before I did something wrong. Maybe it's just God. Maybe actually nobody, this is a thought that we don't even entertain. (laughs) This is something we don't see often. Maybe nobody did anything wrong. Maybe as disappointing as you find yourself in a circumstance, maybe God's hand was right in the middle of the whole thing. Maybe all of it is truth. Maybe it's just how God 
wanted to work something in you. But no, our hearts, our human nature automatically goes to the fault of the other person. When we do that, we're not walking in the supernatural, which we are called to walk in. We've got to go beyond our natural circumstances. I've ministered on this before, seeing beyond yourself, seeing beyond what's right in front of you. You know, like here's a great example. If, If you're driving down the road and you have a sedan, and a truck gets in front of you, you cannot see beyond that truck. And so even though you're driving, you're kind of driving blindly. You don't know what's ahead of you beyond the truck in front of you. And it's really actually a dangerous situation. So you have to back off a little bit just in case something happens. But when there's nobody in front of you and you have an open road or you have a vehicle in front of you that's smaller than your vehicle, you can see clearly. Your vision is unhindered. You know what's coming at you. And that's what God's asking us to do, to walk in and to see in the supernatural so we're not blindsided. We're called to walk in this actually. And actually that scripture in Psalm 34 says, taste and see that the Lord is good in the land of the living, in the land of the living. Not in the great by and by. (laughs) He's trying to bring us to a new level and we've got to step up. If we can't see it, we're never going to step into it. We've got to see in the moment that he's showing us. It doesn't do any good if we see the truth of the situation a year later. We've missed it. The moment has passed us by. The situation has passed us by. The relationship has moved on because we didn't see it how God wanted us to see it when he wanted us to see it that way. That's some good stuff right there. I mean, if Paul's praying for us that the eyes of our heart would be enlightened, would be opened so that we can know, then we should pray that for ourselves and those around us. Let's turn to the scripture, excuse me, the scripture that talks about, I hope I'm pronouncing this right, Balaam's donkey, okay? Let's not, let's not force, force God to use a donkey. And it's over um, in Numbers, I believe it's in chapter 22, Balaam's donkey. Balaam's donkey saw the angel, not Balaam. That's pretty bad, <laughs> right? Okay, so, so let's go, let me see here. I'm trying to think of what, what scripture I want to, what scripture I want to. Okay, so Balak sends princes And they come to Balaam, I'm in verse 15 and 16, and they say to him, I beg of you, let nothing hinder you from coming to see me, for I will promote you to very great honor, and I will do whatever you tell me. So come, I beg of you, and curse this people for me. And Balaam answered the servants of Balak and said, if Balak would give me his house full of silver and gold, I cannot go beyond the word of the Lord my God. God told him not to go. He told him not to go, okay? He can't disobey God. And the pressure is being applied to get out of that realm of obeying God. I mean, who isn't tempted when you know that maybe, you know, maybe the Lord's telling you to sever something you don't wanna sever, and you can only see in the natural what those connections will do for you, and God's like, my goodness, I have something around the corner so significant and so great if you'll just release what you're holding on so tightly to, but you can't see what I have for you, so you won't do it. So verse 19, now therefore I pray you, tarry here again tonight that I may know what more the Lord will say to me. And God came to Balaam at night and said to him, if the men come to call you, rise up and go with them. But still only what I tell you may you do. So he has a word, new word from the Lord because the Lord had told him before not to go. So now, now God's telling him, 
Yeah, go. But only do it as I say to do it. Back in verse 12, he was saying to Balaam, you shall not go with them. You shall not curse the people for they are blessed. Now he's telling him, yeah, go. Verse 21, Balaam rose up in the morning and saddled his donkey and went into the princes of Moab. And God's anger was kindled because he went. Because you can't miss this. My goodness, see, this is the thing. It's so important to do it exactly how God says to do it, with no presumptions of our own. To see it exactly how God wants us to see it with no presumptions of our own. It's vital. Because God said to him, if the men come to call you, if, Balaam doesn't wait for that. It says he rose up in the morning, saddled his donkey and went with the princes. And God's anger was kindled because he went and the angel of the Lord stood in the way as an adversary against him. Now he was riding upon his donkey and his two servants were with him. Now, Balaam did not see that angel. And I'm going to show you that he didn't see the angel because he would have stopped had he seen the angel. Now, we certainly want to make sure that near what we're not missing something a jackass can see. <laughs> Don't miss that. That's some good stuff right there. We want to make sure we are not going to miss something that a jackass can see. Okay. So the angel of the Lord stood in the way as an adversary against him. I'm in verse 22 as he was riding upon the donkey and his two servants were upon him and the donkey saw the angel of the Lord standing in the way and his sword drawn in his hand and the donkey turned aside out of the way and went into the field and Balaam struck the donkey to turn her into the way. Couldn't see it. Couldn't see what was before him, but the donkey could. Pretty powerful stuff. Verse 24, but the angel of the Lord stood in a path of the vineyards, a wall on this side and a wall on that side. And that when the donkey saw the angel of the Lord, she thrust herself against the wall and crushed Balaam's foot against it. And Balaam strikes the donkey again, still cannot see what's going on. Verse 28, and the Lord opened the mouth of the donkey and said to Balaam, what have I done to you that you should strike me these three times? Now Balaam answers the donkey like, what, this is normal? Balaam says to the donkey, because you have ridiculed and provoked me, I wish there were a sword in my hand for now, I would kill you. I mean, my goodness, don't you think something's going on? Ask God to open your eyes. The donkey says to Balaam, am I not your donkey upon which you have ridden all your life long until this day? Was I ever accustomed to do so to you before? If something don't seem right, maybe you're not seeing it right. If something doesn't seem right, Maybe you're not seeing it right. We automatically assume we're seeing things right and the other person is off or the situation is off. And we never step back and put it to the Lord of, am I seeing this? Am I seeing the truth in this situation? Maybe, just maybe, we are the ones that are not seeing it right. I don't want you to miss that point. Okay, so back to Balaam. Then the Lord opened Balaam's eyes and he saw the angel of the Lord standing in the way with his sword drawn in his hand and he bowed his head and he fell on his face. And the angel of the Lord said to him, why have you struck your donkey these three times? I came out to stand against and resist you for your behavior is willfully obstinate and contrary before me. And the ass saw me and turned from me these three times. If she had not turned from me, surely I would have slain you and saved her alive. Why? Because he didn't see. That's why. Balaam said to the angel of the Lord, I have sinned for I did not know you stood in the way against me, but now if my going displeases you, I will return. Why didn't he know? Because he didn't see. See how important it is to see? The angel of the Lord said to Balaam, go with these men, but you shall only speak what I will tell you. 
powerful. And the Lord goes on to put an amazing speech in Balaam's mouth, basically. An amazing word. He opened Balaam's physical eyes to see what he should have already been seeing in the spiritual. There is a thing that vision, right? The word says, my people perish for lack of vision. When our vision is clear in the spiritual realm, in the supernatural realm, wow, what it can show us and transform us into is powerful, right? I mean, even Paul was Saul. What happened? What happened when Paul was Saul? I mean, on the road to Damascus, talk about our vision, our spiritual vision being given to us so that we can see what we're doing, what we're doing wrong, where we're off base, where we think we're in truth, and God's grace and his mercy will bring us to this place of seeing it. I mean, I promise you this, we should all have a road to Damascus experience or moment. It's so important. I mean, Paul, we can't forget, he thought he was doing the right thing. Now, he was Saul at the time. And I believe that's in um, Acts chapter 9. Acts chapter 9. I don't want to be blinded to what God has for me to do. I don't want to be blinded about a circumstance or even a person. And I want to be quick to obey. So in order to be quick to obey, I have to be able to see it how God sees it. Yeah, it's in chapter 9 of Acts. He travels on near to Damascus in verse 3, and suddenly a light from heaven flashes around him, and he falls to the ground, and he hears a voice, Saul, Saul, why are you persecuting me? He can't see anything. And Saul says, who are you, Lord? And he says, I'm Jesus, whom you are persecuting. It is dangerous, and it will turn out badly for you to keep kicking against the goad. Trembling and astonished, he asked, Lord, what do you desire me to do? And the Lord said to him, arise and go into the city and you will be told what you must do. And Paul's basically blinded at this point. Though his eyes were open in verse eight, he could not see. So they led him by the hand and brought him into Damascus. And he was unable to see for three days and he didn't eat or he didn't drink. And then God's bringing him to a place of humility. And then he's going to drop the scales from his eyes so he can see. And that's down in verse 18. And instantly something like something like scales fell from Saul's eyes and he recovered his sight and he arose and he was baptized. Now he sees all of his wrong. He sees where he's missed it. It's so powerful. Ask God to open your eyes to distinguish between what the truth of the situation is and what you feel about the situation or what somebody else is saying about the situation or what you even perceive to be. Ask the Lord to show you something you need to see. Ask him, Lord, show me what I need to see. That's a powerful question to put before the Lord. And I promise you this, when you do see, God is showing you for a reason. There's nowhere in the Bible where he showed anything without purpose and intent. And don't minimize the small things. We have to see beyond. We have to surrender our inner eyes, our inner eyes to the Holy Spirit, whether he shows us a whole picture or just a glimpse. If you get a picture in your mind, ask the Holy Spirit, what's the truth of that picture? What's the truth of that situation? I want to see what you're trying to show me, Lord. There's a good and there's a bad. You know, if we're seeing in the spiritual realm, there's two sides to the spiritual realm. There's two points to it. There's the supernatural awesomeness of seeing angels, you know, of, of seeing um, signs of good things to come, like a double rainbow, a butterfly, uh, you know, a, a red bird, um, whatever some of those things might be. We get all excited. But there's a darker side, too. 
There's the demonic, which we have to see that too. You know, there's, there's little imps, basically, on assignment from the enemy, like his, his um, worker bees, I guess. And so even though that intimidates us, we need to see that too, because God sees it all, the good and the bad. And if we don't see it as God sees it, we will misjudge situations. Like in 1 Samuel chapter 16, you know, when, when uh, Samuel is sent to pick the next king to replace Saul, and he goes to Jesse's sons. And this is the prophet, and God has to speak to the prophet Samuel. And in verse 7, let me jump there real quick, of 1 Samuel chapter 16, verse 7. But the Lord, and this is what Samuel thinks, when they had come, he looked into Eliab, who was the oldest son, and this is Samuel thinking this, surely the Lord's anointed is before him. Because he looked the part. What presumption, even by the prophet. So, you know, prophet's got to be brought into check sometimes too. Don't just take every word as wrapped in gold by God. Ask God to show you all the time the truth. Ask him to open your eyes. The Lord says to Samuel, look not on his appearance or at the height of his stature, for I have rejected him. Ooh, ouch. How many people have we followed around and God's already rejected them? Because we liked something about them. For the Lord sees not as man. This is one of my favorite scriptures. Man looks on the outward appearance, but the Lord looks on the heart. What outward appearance have we followed around? What outward anointing have we followed around? What style of preaching have we followed around? And the Lord is saying, I've already rejected him and you don't even know it because you haven't even asked me. Let's not miss the Lord whispering in our ear like he did Samuel. The word of God tells us that he will do that. The word of God tells us that we will hear God saying, go left, go right. Go this way, go that way. Of course, I'm way paraphrasing that. I'm going to look that scripture up real quick. Because it's important because it says he'll whisper that in our ear. Isaiah 30, verse 21. And whether you turn to the right or your left, you shall hear a word behind you saying in your ear, this is the way, walk in it. I love that. That's so powerful. So good. I've already rejected him. First Samuel 16, verse 7. You know, and then they go through all the sons. And David's not even brought in. His own, I've, I've ministered on this. His own father didn't even have confidence. Don't, it don't matter who's for you and who's against you. When God says that one right over there, bring them forth, a true prophet will hear it and obey it, no matter what. No matter what. Psalm 119.18. I'm going to close with this. I want to encourage you to pray this. Open my eyes, Lord, that I can behold wondrous things. I want to see what you see, Lord. 
We're not supposed to believe every spirit. First John chapter four tells us that. We're supposed to test the spirits to see whether they are from God. Don't just take it in. It says this in Job 34, verse 21, talking about God. His eyes are on the ways of man and he sees all his steps. Nothing's hidden from his sight, Hebrews. Everything's exposed to his eyes. Ask him to show you so you can see what the spirit of the Lord is saying. You've got to be able to see into the spiritual realm. It's a gift of the spirit that we have. That's vital. Show me, Lord, I want to see. And I want to see clearly. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Lord, that you help us in this season to see what you desire us to see. We know no eye has seen, but we know you say, come up here so you can show us the things that must take place. Help us to set aside our perception. Help us to set aside our presumption and see and hear the truth of everything that is before us. Thank you, Lord. In Jesus' name, amen.